It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday, episode 894 of Coach Unplugged. Today, we're going to do start with series part one of a two-part series with Coach Sweeney from Connecticut College. Um, some great stories behind that. Um, great place. One of, the, one of the colleges my son looked at. It's uh, If you're looking for a great Division three school that's a little ivy, Connecticut College is definitely one you want to look at. Um, but before we jump into that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, uh, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I haven't tried to break my 23-second takedown breakup record um, just because we haven't been in the gym much, but it is an easy to use, easy to um, effectively use through your phone and all those kind of things. So go over and check it out. Mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off your next purchase. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All, the, all, all of you that want to work on your craft, become better, um, and use an old man like me, I'm really not that old, but uh, someone that's been doing this for 30 plus years, but knows the game and can share it with you. Come over and check it out at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better, win more games, less time. Um, let, let all my gray hair or lack of hair, um, let me through all those things and why I've lost it. Let me help you through those processes because I've probably experienced everything you're going through. Um, so you're going to love this. Um, I will put coaches' uh, contact stuff all down below, but um, let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to guess you're going to be in like the 870s, 880s, Coach, if you can believe four years, seven days a week podcast. Boom. Like part vampire, I guess. Um, so I, was, I, w- I had the privilege of meeting Coach. Gosh, so I'm – I'm trying to think it was not last summer. It was two summers ago, I think is when we were making our college sweep through. And, um, and, and I didn't tell you this off the air or anything like this. You made a huge impression on Drew. Um, you were one of several coaches It's like, Ooh, I really like, so that's a compliment to you. Cause we met with a bunch of coaches cause he was looking, 
school first and then if he could play basketball he could play basketball but um you made you made i think that was in the admissions office you made um you made a huge impression on him so i'm sure there'll be some talking back and forth when uh, hopefully you'll see each other at some point along the yeah. way yeah, I'm going to send Drew's check in the mail for that compliment. I appreciate that. No, but it was true, though. And it's like, I remember, it's funny how those college visits, um, I was telling Ryan yesterday, the first time he visited Vassar, because my nephew goes there, it was 110 degrees, and he goes, I ain't going to school here. It was, it's, a, it's, it's, it's crazy, and this must, we'll talk about this later about recruiting, but that one bad imprint on him took, for he even to even look at it the second time, we had to say, you have to go back. It was hot. I know you were miserable. The tour wasn't great. I mean, um, those first impressions are huge. So you made a huge, good first impression. That was that's a compliment. So anyway, coach, coach, you sent me some nice notes. No, just kidding. Uh, Coach Sweeney, um, introduce yourself to kind of tell your basketball journey, kind of how you ended up at 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 Con. They, I do know that they they say that a lot. Con Connecticut College, and when you go there it's it's the con or con right it's um yeah that's kind of the lingo although officially uh you know they love to hear connecticut college con is sort of the short they do and 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 the mascot's a camel it's a camel yes we're a hardy desert beast that you know drinks a lot of water and then doesn't need it for for in connecticut in connecticut in in connecticut (laughs) yeah okay go ahead coach i'll let you kind of tell your basketball journey and then we'll dive in here Well, thanks, Steve, for the kind words, Um, and it was a pleasure to meet you and Drew on the visit, and that was a wonderful day. I'll I'll remember that. Um, Yeah, I I just uh, entered my second year at Connecticut College as the head coach. Um, I'll kind of work backwards. Um, You know, we're really excited about what we're doing. We're in the NESCAC, which is, you know, arguably one of the better Division III leagues in the country, and so, um, and as you mentioned, you know, we'll be facing off against Drew at Middlebury shortly. Um, so it's a great challenge. We're really excited. And, and, I'll, and I'll jump in two seconds here. Ryan yep. and I were talking about, because we're in, I'm in Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. I'm going, you don't understand what's in our backyard. Like, the WEAC well, is like. <laughs> when I tell you my story, I think you'll, this will come full circle. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I was able to, uh, I was very fortunate prior to Connecticut College. I was the head coach at Hobart College in, in upstate New York. Um, uh, for five years, and it was a wonderful five years. Um, they gave me an opportunity to become a head coach, and it, it was just an amazing time. I met some wonderful kids, families, uh, just an incredible experience, and we had a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm excited that, you know, upon leaving Hobart to come to Connecticut, uh, we left the place in great shape. Uh, Stefan Thompson, who's the coach there now, is a wonderful young coach, actually led them to the Sweet 16 in Division Three this year. Um, before the season got canceled. So Do they, they were is, is Hobart, because I swear Hobart was on Drew's list too. Is Hobart like two schools? Like, is there girls? Hobart and William Smith is the, is the name of the college. Okay. Yeah. I knew that. It's not, it's not one that jumps out in the Midwest. Like Hobart's not one that people no. have heard of Connecticut College. They haven't necessarily heard of Hobart. It's, but I think that's going to change soon. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And Stefan will do a great job continuing to, to build it higher and higher. But so that was, that was definitely a, a great experience that I was grateful for. And, and prior to Hobart, I was a division one assistant for eight years. So um, I spent five years um, as the associate head coach at Elon university down near Greensboro, North Carolina, um, where we, when I was there played in the Southern conference, which was a great league. Um, 
after I left, they transitioned to this, to the colonial, um, not to get too technical, but that was, that was my time there. Loved, loved everything about being at Elon. Um, prior to that, I was at Bucknell university for a year in Pennsylvania in the Patriot league for a year, working for uh, Dave Paulson, who's now at George Mason. And then, uh, the two years before that, I was an assistant at Davidson college working for Bob McKillop, who, by the way, these last two days have been brutal. They've lost two like heartbreaking games in the Maui Invitational. Um, so the coach does an amazing job. You know, I almost I would categorize that as getting my PhD in basketball, working for Coach McKillop, um, because prior to that, I worked at my alma mater, which is the University of Rochester in upstate New York, where I coached for three years, played for four, so I was there for seven, and uh, had an amazing time there was lucky enough, and here's where I'll bring everything full circle. We, as an assistant coach in 2005, we played Wisconsin-Stevens Point in the national championship game, and they scored on 13 straight possessions, beat us by about 25 in the national championship. Sorry, that was Jack Jack Bennett's team, right? Jack Bennett, uh, Calisto, Bennett's son, they were loaded. Bennett's Uh, son could shoot like no tomorrow. Could shoot. And and actually, uh, this kid, Jonathan Krull, I'll never forget this, had 28 points in the final. He was their fifth option. Um, they were just so balanced, so well coached. Um, actually, I was an assistant, so I, I met some of those guys in the hotel. They were great guys. Um, I think a bunch of them still coach. So, yeah, I mean, you know, no shame in losing in the final. But they, you know, like you said earlier, the WIAC is an incredible league. I know how good the teams are out there. And actually, when I was at Hobart, we, we played a double overtime game with Eau Claire in down in Tampa, Florida. So that was another heartbreaker. It's because we don't have any D two. So I think they, the, some of the, you know, and only a couple D ones. So I think the D I think we, the, there's a benefit to that, but it's brutal for, for the tournament. If you're playing one of them in the tournament, it means they came through a gauntlet, like, <laughs> you know, um, which is crazy. Uh, and where did, where did you play high school basketball? I grew up in Northern New Jersey. So I went to a small public high school right outside New York city, kind of in that upper right-hand corner of New Jersey. So I, you know, I'm a Yankees guy. I'm, you know, New York sports fan. I'm, you know, I grew up in the shadow of these. So I I played basketball there, Um, you know, had had a great high school coach. He won 600 games really, uh, you know, was a wonderful, wonderful mentor to me. Um, Helped me fall in love with the game. Um, Had some great people there. I actually, ironically, used to train with a kid who played at Davidson down the road. So yeah, just lots of, I think the best thing about basketball is you connect with so many people across the the country and the world that have similar interests and you just get to meet a lot of great folks. There's only one New York, New York, man. I'm telling you, there's only one New York, New York. Yeah. When I was in high school in the late nineties, there was some serious point guards and even in New Jersey, um, you know, Jason Williams, who's on ESPN, people don't remember how good he was as a player. He was the number one player in the country. Um, and he was a year ahead of me. And so, yeah, it was, just, it was amazing to grow up in that area. And um, I can remember taking the, the bus to five-star basketball camp, which was out in the Poconos. I went to five-star and I went to <laughs> those. You either went to, so for the, for the youngsters, the four AAU, you either went to five-star or you went to blue chip. Um, and yeah. well, how about this for name, name dropping? I, I went to five star Homesdale, which was the, the camp in the Poconos where I actually used to ride the bus from New York City, um, you know, because my parents were working and and uh, my bunk counselor was Ron Artest back when he was known as Ron Artest. And, and yeah, I can just, top that. I got to see Larry Bird. We, so I was in Rensselaer, Indiana for for Blue Chip. I got to see. Um, I got to see uh, Larry Bird play Akeem Olajuwon one-on-one at camp. That's amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was like 
you know, and that was like, it wasn't like 85 ESPN channels at that point, people. There was like one ESPN channel. That's right. That's right. That's amazing. There was one. No. Hey, so the one thing about New York, I've talked to some coaches um, from New York, New York area, New York City. Um, it seems like the here's the issue New York's having a little bit. It's a lot of the kids are leaving town um, as youngsters. Yeah, the, the prep school basketball up here in New England. I mean, you were, you know, Drew's coming to Middlebury. I mean, it's it's an amazing area. The preps, the prep schools are for, for basketball and the setups they have now. I, I do feel like, you know, in, in New Jersey and New York, a lot of those kids are starting to migrate north and, and head to, head off to some of these prep schools there's no i know problem. it is it is it's it's interesting those prep schools are like 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 running a d3 program in some respects so um so let's talk about the stuff you sent me with the was it offensive stuff let's talk about that a little bit before i dump in i got tons of questions for you sure um so do you want to just talk about it you want to share your screen how do you want to work this sure i can, we, uh, we, can we can free flow it i think i said it so you can share the screen I'll edit the dead space out there because that's what I do. Uh, and then we'll um, and then we'll just talk. And then I've got anytime we go down a rabbit hole, I've, I, I tend to have uh, I tend to have some questions. OK, I'm working on. Uh, I apologize to all the listeners. I'm a little uh, technologically. Deficient. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and as you're doing this, I'm going to talk to I uh, Bucknell was on Drew's list. Bucknell was on my list, if you can believe that. I I. I yeah, it was, that's an interesting, I, I, I think I didn't like Lewis, I didn't like the town as much. It was part of the problem with, um, with Bucknell okay. a little bit. It was isolated, but the Patriot League is a great league. Drew, Colgate was on Drew's list for school. Um, he liked Colgate a lot. Okay. How's that working? That's perfect. Let me uh, set up the slideshow for us. Oh, nope. Just hit, you hit present, presentate, print, pre presenter view. That will work. That should there make it big. There you go. All right. So, you know, and when we were getting ready to talk here, Steve, I just, you know, I felt like give a little philosophy stuff um, for a college program. And then, yeah, a little bit of kind of our offensive and really overall, um, you know, foundational things. So, you know, first and foremost, I, and this is something that you and I and Drew talked about on your visit to our campus is kind of what's our purpose. I think you know, it's always a good idea to start there with your right. program and, and your team. And, you know, quite simply on this first graphic, I mean, we want to create this winning program where there's a special, um, there's a special feeling about being in the program. It's something that um, I think we can all feel and describe it, but sometimes you don't have the right words. And I think those, those bonds and memories are, are what it's all about. So the first, the first anchor there is sort of creating that environment where we're finding good people that want that. And then the second is um, really having authentic relationships with each guy and, and helping them become the best version of themselves. So, you know, kind of that combination of, you know, jumping into a program where you want to have a lot of team success, but then also um, having the, the motivation to become the best version of yourself and the best individual academically in the community on the court. And, and then the ultimate goal is to have folks leave Connecticut college prepared for the next 50 years of their life. And that's, right. that's the model of the program. And, and that parallels neatly with the school. It's a liberal so, arts college. So, so let me, let me ask a couple questions on this before I go to the next one. So we're, people are listening to this. They might listen to it five years from now, whatever. The interesting part about podcasts is they don't really go anywhere. But um, so we're in the pandemic right now. We're in we're, we're what I tell my my athletes is the cavalry's coming. We're close to being I'm hoping we're close to being near the end. Um, but so this has been a unique nine months for you from March until we're doing this um, in December. How how has that affected being able to do those things like find like there's no been no Ivy League camps. There's been no like how how are you finding 
the athletes that you want to come to, to Connecticut College, it's got to be harder for you now. Um, it's harder for all of them, I, I'm assuming. But how, how, is, how is that pivoting? Because it's, if it's about relationships, it's got to be a lot harder to do that. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea of being able to go sit in a gym with someone and getting to know them in a personal way, like just by sitting next to them and watching them interact with their teammates and their parents and, and watching them play. Yeah, that's out the window, Steve. So it's, it's been incredibly challenging. I think it just, you know, for us here, it's been, we've had to just work harder. You know, we've had to have more conversations. We've had to, you know, just try to be as thorough as we can be and, and having great conversations, asking the kind of questions that we're curious about, let, letting the student athletes ask us questions they're curious about. You know, one of the big things um, I feel strongly about is making sure we're painting a picture for these recruits of what it's actually like here, right? right. Like, you know, we, can, we can come up with an incredible Zoom presentation that looks amazing, but at the end of the day, like I, I want each, each individual to kind of know what the place is about, what it's really like. And yeah, just so, but to answer your question, it's been incredibly hard. Um, you know, I think, you know, our, our mentality or the mentality we try to, you know, hold on to every day is sort of, we have no control over the external events. So we just have to make the absolute best of what, what we've been dealt. And that's, again, um, we're not deviating from, you know, what we want to try to be about. That's, that's right. And I think and here, here's the, here's the thing. Cause and then the only reason I know this is because Drew is applying to these kind of schools is you're dealing with. So let's say, let's say that a hundred percent of the high school basketball players are here and you want to recruit 50% of them, but only about 5% of them can probably get into your school. Uh, um, so how do you narrow that other than, I mean, do you, I mean, cause you could have a kid in Nevada that might be a good fit academically, all the basketball wise, all that stuff. Um, and it's, it's gotta be easier when the world's open. Um, cause you can go to camp, you can, but how, how has that changed? How has that pivoted? Yeah, I, you're, you're right in many ways. I, I think, um, you know, when it comes to sort of the ge geography of it and finding kids in different areas of the country, that's, that's challenge. That's always been a challenge. Just again, we, you know, I think, you know, the league we're in, we don't have this tremendous budget where we can fly all over the place, but right. you know, that's the beauty of the internet is, you know, kids can connect with us. We can connect with them in, in such a way now that it really makes the world a smaller place. Right. So, you know, we've been able to do a lot with video. Um, I'd be lying if I said, you know, it's way harder to really know based off video than it is like, you know, again, being up close with somebody and actually spending time with them. So there's, I think that's probably the biggest thing is I think hey everybody hope you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and like uh, no matter where you listen to podcasts, whether you're jogging, walking the dogs, walking the kids playing at the pool, uh, go over and subscribe. Apple would be great. Five star. If you're going to do a two-star, don't do it. Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, we would also love if you went over to teachubes.com. It's what allows us to keep the lights on here and keep things at chugging. Um, so go over and check that out. 14-day free trial. Uh, you know, everyone's got to work on their game and their craft. Come over and help us. And then the last thing is if you're thinking of um, looking for other podcasts, go over and check out High School Hoops um, and Teacher Side Gig. Those are two other ones. And we, we might have a fourth one in the, in the tank, but we'll, we'll tease you on that one. All right, let's head back to the podcast. I, the way I would describe it is we can, we can learn a lot. We can really, really do our homework. But that lack of personal touch is definitely changing the recruiting, you know, not for the better right now. Well, and it's hard, too, because, like, so this is just me from an old dog that's coached a long time is I can watch – let's say we're playing Team X. I can watch film on Team X. 
but I, I really know how good they are and what they do when I see them in person. I always try to see everyone in person because I can do that as a high school coach. I can try to maybe scout before I actually have to play them. So it's really hard um, yes. to, to, to evaluate. Like I could literally send you a tape that makes Drew Collins look like he belongs in the NBA and it would be clips of like two seconds. I mean, I'm just saying it's like yeah. those things are fine, but that doesn't really tell the type of player that they are. Um, and even watching game film. So I, I have a lot of empathy. I know how hard that is um, to, to be able to tell um, moving forward. So, um, yeah, let's go on to the next slide. That's, that's perfect. So, you know, and then kind of sticking with sort of this recruiting and, and what we're looking for, um, this is just kind of our, our simple way of thinking about it. Um, you know, and we kind of share this with guys, like this is what we're looking for. So again, as I mentioned earlier, I don't want there to be any surprises, right? I right. mean, I think if I could describe the environment here at Con right now is that, you know, it's sort of basketball nerdy, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Like we, we love to talk about the game. Um, you know, we had a nice period here in the fall where we had about three and a half weeks of practice and, you know, we really got a lot out of it. We were able to teach and, and go through a bunch of things. And so we, so number one, we look for guys that just love the game. And I think right. people have different definitions of that. So we use ours, which is, you know, might be different than someone else's. And, and I think to put it simply, it's just, you know, when you're not doing your schoolwork and you're not, you know, spending family time, you know, you probably love to play basketball. And right. If there's, you know, a million other things going on. Like, you know, you got to start to wonder, do you, how much do you actually love it? And I think that's, that's a challenge because at the same time, like I would also say this, Steve, we, we do want well-rounded kids and we want different kinds of kids and we want guys with different interests because I think that makes the experience all the better and that's just the way life is. So, uh, but there's got to be that bond where, you know, I think our guys need to enjoy the game. They need to love, love to play it. Um, the second big one is, you know, loving to compete. So then I always feel like you have that group of guys in your team and you'll, you'll probably relate to this that maybe they don't love basketball as much as, you know, a Drew <laughs> or somebody else, but they just love to compete. You know, it could be pool or darts or, ping pong but they're going to be those kids that just compete no matter what and I think that's a real important fabric to a really good team and program is having just people that are wired to to get after it and and just I'm know. telling you all my great teams I usually had a couple of non-basketball players now they played basketball obviously but mm -hmm. they were competitors right I'm telling you it's the I think people especially for the young coaches listening the everyone loves the accolades and the crowds and the, blah, 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 and the you know, grandma calling you and saying you scored 12 points, whatever. But the, the ones that want to compete, mm -hmm. those are the, I mean, I think that's what makes the conference championships. That's what makes the deep runs. Those are the guys that like, you can't sit and play, play PlayStation or, or 2k with them because someone ends up throwing their, their, you know, controller because they're so competitive kind of thing. You're going to lose a tooth with a from an elbow. Yeah. I, right. I, mean, I think those good teams, Steve, I couldn't agree more. And I, we have a term, we call them connectors. They're guys that just, sometimes they connect your other guys to each other and they just, they might not be the best player. And I can think of guys, whether it's Hobart or Elon or anywhere I've been where we've had connectors on our best teams that, um, that love to compete. They're not the best player, but, Absolutely. So that's, you know, that's, a, that's an area where we're looking. And then, and then I think the third one, and this is like sort of a stolen from Popovich and I phrased it differently, but you know, he always talks about how you kind of have to get over yourself. And I did, I think for college kids, that's a little different. It's, it's, they're not pros. So it's more about, um, you know, wanting to just be a part of a team, wanting to be on a winner. And I think that's a really, it almost seems probably to some like that's so simple. Like, why would you write that down and put it 
on this thing. And, but I just think it's something that people need to think about. I, you know, I guess where I'm going is sometimes, you know, the focus of of folks is on numbers, performance, me, how am I playing? And I think, you know, deep down the, the bulk of your group has to be about like, did Connecticut college win the game? What does that number on the left-hand side say? Is it more than the other team? And that's just hard. You know, there's no right answer. There's no way to put a questionnaire out and figure that out with the guys you recruit even. But um, you know, again, as I said earlier, we just like to be clear with like, these are the things we believe lead to success. There's no, no, I mean, trust me. Yeah. I think to be honest with you, I'm biased because obviously Drew's going to Middlebury. I'm biased that that league is a, is un, un, that's unbelievable league in my opinion, because I think there's a balance between people that are competitive and want to play basketball but also understand the, the spectrum of the world. Now, there's exceptions to the rule. Obviously, the Miami Heat will tell you there are exceptions to rules in the NASDAQ, and there's kids that can go from there to, or, to the NBA. But for the most part, most of those people are, are more likely to run the NBA teams than to play on them, to be honest right. with you. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's fun. And that's, that's the other thing about the, the NESCAC and, and our place is that it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great thrill to be able to, you know, have a conversation with a guy about something outside of basketball, you know, that, that they do, right. like you said, have a healthy perspective on things. And I'm telling you right now, I mean, you, you were on our campus. We've got some guys that, you know, they start talking about their academic expertise and stuff. Like they lose me. I, I can't even keep up. So. <laughs> do you, um, do you lose, and I've never asked any of the coaches in the league, do you guys lose guys or, or gals, I guess, if they were women's coaches, um, to doing study abroad do you lose people because no one really takes a red shirt year in, in in that league probably um yeah um you know it's it's rare but it does okay. happen yeah okay. it does happen uh we had a really really good player at hobart actually who was just quite frankly one of the smartest uh student athletes i've ever interacted with um and his dad was a college professor and um, he made a decision to go abroad the fall of his senior year. And it was a tough decision for him, but it was a once in a lifetime opportunity to travel with his dad and do something special. And so that was actually an interesting example of that. Yeah. So it does happen. Um, and like you said, it's usually for like a really incredible reason. You know, right. there's, a, there's a really good reason to do it. And in that case, you know, that, this particular kid had a, had a really strong, strong reason. reason. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next one. So this is, uh, you know, just sort of as we introduce our, our playing style to our guys, um, and this is sort of ripped um, directly from Coach McKillop and sort of, you know, some foundational things he does. But, you know, for us, we just have these four keys. We call them the really nicknamed them like the core four. And we want our guys to be able to do these four things at a really high level. Um, so I can kind of go through them broadly, and then I included a slide on just what, what we mean by C, but okay. you know, at the end of the day, like we just feel like if you're a player and you can, you can see, and when we say see, we just mean literally being able to like read the floor, like be able to look at something during the game and understand like what it is. Um, so that, that would be the first one. The second one is in is talk and that's pretty self-explanatory, but um, it's, it's talking our language. So using our terminology to communicate with one another in a very crisp and, and sharp way um, to use an example or sort of, elaborate you know we're not big on like like the um what i would call just like the loud and and repeated communication you know for us it's really 
we, we emphasize like real meaningful communication. So if it's a screen, what direction, if we have a coverage, you know, what color or whatever we're using to describe it, you know, that's what we're talking about. Just concise, clear. Um, and that's something that we practice. And in addition to that, we expand that to mean, you know, communication. So, you know, if we're teammates and there's something off the floor, talking is really important. Like if we don't talk and communicate, we don't work out issues. We don't understand each other. So as a program, like these first two, the scene and being alert and aware of things and then the talking are just super important to us. And, and Steve, I found over the years, you know, the best players, they don't always look the best physically or, or, or anything like that, but often the best players are masters at these two things just because of their intelligence, um, their commitment to it. So those are two, two big areas I would almost – you know, some people might even call those soft skills, I guess, right? They're not, um, they're not literal things. So, you know, that's where we start. And then to us, like playing with balance is such an important skill. And, um, you know, just the whole concept of, you know, passing on balance, shooting with good balance, you know, just basically doing everything on the court with the appropriate footwork and sort of um, positioning is important to us. And then the final one is the game is scoring, right? So finishing is huge. (laughs) You know, and I think it's a different thing. Like for your six ten kid, finishing is different than your your five nine point guard. And so, but we emphasize this sort of finishing things. And then again, we use these analogies to carry over. We want to finish the drill, finish the segment, finish the practice, finish the week. Like we want to be finishers. We want to follow through and and finish on things. So this is sort of our, again, I'd call it could our be a life. Those four points could be a life points. Like, well, and that's they, they, could, they could be marriage one hundred and one. <laughs> See, talk, balance, and finish. Like, well, I had it. My, my first AD as head coach uh, was an amazing leader, and he had one of my favorite expressions. And I know I'm supposed to wait on like quote, but he said, "Yeah, his his whole thing was we teach what we need to learn," and I think that's a very apt statement. I, you know, these are these four categories. You're right; they apply to life. They apply to me probably more than our players. So right, and the funny uh, part is like. It, it, and, and we'll get into, we'll dive into the practice and how you kind of do those kind of things later. But um, your, your, your players are busy. First, they're not taking like underwater basket weaving, like time is precious to them. So to be able to do those things effectively and, and, and to move is, is awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, let's, let's just talk. We'll talk about the seed. We can do the one slide. That's perfect. We can talk about. So I just put some examples here, you know, and it's a little wordy, so apologies there, but just some examples of what we mean. So one, one concept that we try to ingrain in our guys is like taking that snapshot before your catch. So just understanding as you, as you play at higher and higher levels, you know, being able to like look at the floor prior to your catch and sort of anticipate. I use a baseball analogy. I used to love playing baseball. I know kids don't play baseball anymore, right. at least in the East coast, but um, you know, it's almost the analogy like when you're on second base and the pitcher's getting ready to wind up, like, you know, you're thinking ahead, you know, all right, if I hit it on the ground, I'm going to run. They hit it in the air. I'm going to go halfway, you know, up. There's only one out. I'm going to go back to the bag. So it's sort of, you know, before I catch the ball, I'm reading the floor. I know where my teammates are. I'm reading the defense. So just kind of that, that snapshot, we we call it catch and see literally, Um, you know, other things, practicing the floor. So the way we, we talk about this in practices, you know, we're in a drill, like, this is one of my favorites, Steve, you'll probably laugh at this. Like you get a drill going and a kid runs through the middle of the drill to go back to the end of the line, like right through the action. And you, and you stop and you just go, well, wait a minute. Like, why did you do that? And 
I, I stole this from Coach McKillop, but one of my favorite things is like he used to get on guys like, oh, you must have grown up not in a city because you don't know how to look around and see traffic. Right. Like, you know, you you definitely didn't grow up in New York up. City. You'll get run over. Yeah. 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 So like, <laughs> there's something to be said when you grow up in a city, like your, your head's on a swivel, you're looking around. So we actually talk a lot about that. Um, and what you find is, you know, some kids don't, don't haven't practiced like literally opening their eyes and looking around. So I think it's a way to kind of teach your kids to slow down, see what's developing in front of you. Um, you know, so that's there, you know, I put another one, observe line rotations, like how's the drill happening. It's just, I think this is important stuff, even though it might seem sort of, um, you know, peripheral. And yeah. But the, here, here, and when you talk about observe line rotations, I can tell the leaders that like, and I've had a handful of these that we'll be doing something and there'll be two people in one line, five in the other. And you get those special kids that will all of a sudden they'll grab another kid and they'll move to the other line. Cause they see that it's not going to work. Um, and, and that's what you're talking about. They see that it's like, Whoa, this isn't going to like, this is going to tick off coach. We got to get this all straightened out. Um, but I love that. I love observe line rotations is great. I love that. So, yeah, you have the kind of the logistics there. And then a couple other examples, just like, you know, our playing style, like when you catch your eyes, go to the rim, you know, am I open? Where's my defender? Where are my teammates? Again, I believe, I really believe this is a skill that you practice um, and, and that you need to talk about. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, for us, as you said, we don't have a lot of time with these guys. Um, so it's really, really important, um, no matter what we do strategically, that we have just a baseline foundation of like how we're going to pass catch and play um, so that we're all on the same page. So. I love the eyes on the rim. We were, we, so again, I'm, this is on my bucket list at some point to get this done, but um, terminology is so important for the young coaches that are listening. Like we refer to it as peak. Like you're supposed to peak at the basket at all times. Whenever you catch the ball, you peak. And because that's where everyone's cutting, that's where everyone's moving that's where the space is. So when you catch it, you better peek at the peek at the rim, peek at the basket. I like that um, term. That's great. Yeah. It, but I mean, I think that's what, especially for some of the younger, you got to come up with your terms. Um, but we just, yeah, I love the eyes on the rim because, and then I'll explain to them why I'm telling them that because that's where everything's happening, guys. That's where all the space is moving. That's where the cutter is going to be. That's where you want it. And then I take the selfish standpoint. It's like, don't you want to score? You should look at the rim first. <laughs> well, it's, it's crazy, Steve. I, I couldn't agree more with the eyes on the rim and what you call peak. I mean, I'm, I'm watching high-level Division One games and watching guys travel and, and not do that. And so it's actually interesting, like, with our college guys, and we're talking about eyes on the rim on the catch, and then we talk about it at the end of their move. You know, I think a lot of guys don't put their eyes on the target when they shoot a shot, especially inside the paint. Their head stays down and they're, you know, yeah, we know you know where the rim is, but you should probably put your eyes on it. And again, that seems like such a, a simple concept. Now, I'm watching the Duke-Michigan State game last night. It was last night? Yeah, it was last night. And and literally, there's guys catching it, and they're not even looking at the rim. They're just passing. It's like, oh, my God, it's like a fifth grade. And I understand it's early. These guys are the, some of the best basketball players in collegial level. But again, they're, if they would have peaked, someone would have had a dunk, you know, kind of thing. Um and trust me, Coach Izzo and Coach K will take care of that problem. <laughs> yep. Not at all concerned about it. But and 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 it's we're in the weird world of COVID. But um, it's just weird to see it at that level. You know, sometimes. Yeah, and it just shows you, you know, that even college kids aren't immune to it. You know, high school coaches 
probably have the hardest job, but then even the college coaches like myself, like we're teaching this stuff and we're, and we're, we're trying to, to get better and better at it. So, you know, you have the eyes on the rim on the catch. And then I think the next progression, logical progression is I think your best players, at least at our level, they also see the help and they see the rotations and they see what's coming and they can anticipate it. Um, and that's when you really, I think, take your game to the next level is being able to read that and, you know, if I'm being honest, I, I can remember my playing days. It probably took till my, my junior year in college to really, you know, excel at that, I would say. So, really good. The really good ones just kind of like, oh, my goodness. How Can you, like, bottle that? Because, like, I had one that's a senior this year. I feel really bad because he's probably not going to have a season. But he would he, – he can tell when you turn your head for a millisecond. And as soon as you do, he's gone. He's like, Doop. and it's like there's there's just those, like – yeah, they read it. They don't have the ball, and they know not. They only have the ball a very small. It's the stats teacher me. You only have the ball in your hands a very small part of the game. So if you're good at the other part, you know you become invaluable in a lot of respects. Yeah. So yeah. So hopefully that you know that that gives the coaches a little bit more on on like what we're trying to do. And I agree with you, Steve. I don't think this is something that um, like I would say if we're if we're going to break this down in percentages, like I don't think you can teach a hundred percent of this. In other words, I I couldn't agree with you more. A lot of this is natural. Um, but I do think it is something that is worthy of, of pursuing, you know, for us as coaches, because um, I believe you can teach guys to make, to make reads of course and to see things. And I, I just think that's the, you know, that, that's, that was my experience as a college player. I played for a great coach um, who won 600 games at the division three level. So. Hey everybody, if you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, like, leave a review, jump up and down, run around your house, whatever you need to do. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.